What's up, everybody? Welcome to a another episode of our uh, live Q and A segment. We're gonna let some people uh, jump in here. We're we're a few minutes late. Uh, we were gathering questions a a little later this week than than normal. So thank you guys for patience uh, with us, Dr. Rogers. How's it going, man? Good, Ben. Good to see you. Um, this is as most people um, who join us every single Tuesday know. This is our time to to catch up a bit. So it's always fun to, to get to, to talk with you and, uh, and answer, answer some of these, uh, health and wellness questions. Um, and I, I just want to say hello to everybody who's with us. Um, Jessica, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we really appreciate you. Um, everybody who's in here, say hello to us. Uh, we're going to be interacting a little bit and then we'll get to the, the questions, uh, that came in during the week. And, uh, and I'd encourage everybody who has a question, Lisa, what's going on? How are you? Thank you for being here. Um, if you have a question, put it in the comments. You can also email us at info at performancemedicine.net. Um, so there's a couple different ways to, to get your question in during this segment. We're going to uh, be on here for around, around 30 minutes. Um, so, uh, so go ahead and, and uh, think of a question if you have one. Put it in there. It uh, could be a good opportunity to to get Dr. Rogers' two cents on uh, everything that's uh, happening in the healthcare world. Edna, hello. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're letting people uh, jump in before we dive into the, to the questions. Um, and we're going to get going. Was your day good, Doc? Oh, very, very, very busy day today. Um, so, yeah, I'm always worn out by the time these things come around, but I hope I can stay awake. But uh, <laughs> I hope it's worth more than two cents, but maybe that's about what it's worth. Maybe worth about two cents, but hey, anyway. It's, it's better than no cents. You know, I'd much rather, right. I'd much rather uh, have two cents than none. Um, did you get a walk-in after work or anything? No, no. We were, I just got off. Just very busy today. Yeah, yeah, catch so, it. Uh, catching up on things. Um, all right, let's see here. Deborah, what's going on? Thank you for, thank you for hanging out with us this Tuesday evening. Um, and we are going to, uh, Moonchild, what's going on? Uh, thank you for, for being here on Facebook. We got people joining us on Facebook as well as YouTube. Um, hopefully, you know, if, if, if you've catched us on, uh, on Instagram, we, we can't, for some reason, we're not streaming on Instagram right now. We're going to try to Try to figure that out. Um, we've been asked a few times um, about Instagram live streaming. Um, if you guys did not catch our Performance Weekly, Performance Weekly comes out every single Tuesday. That was out today. We, we had a, a very, very cool one. Um, you did a podcast, Dr. Rogers, with, uh, with Robin Riddle, our newest provider in the Knoxville office <clears throat> on, on peptides. And, and if you guys have questions on peptides, be sure to put those in there because we are, it is fresh on our minds. Uh, Robin is an expert on peptides and I thought did such a great job uh, in this week's uh, Common Sense MD talking about the different blends. Uh, that was a fun one, wasn't it? Yeah, great one. Really? Robin's sharp. I mean, she knows what she's doing. It's a really, it's a really cool one. Um, all right, guys, we're going we're gonna to get in here to the questions and here we go. Let's start with this one. I think this is a great question um, and one that we get often. Uh, it is, I'm scheduled to see Dr. Rogers for the first time in the next few weeks. What lab should I bring with me? Um, and I'll, I'll follow up with you a little bit on that uh, as well. 
you know, I know a lot of it's dependent on what they're coming in for. But in general, what, what, what should people bring in uh, when they come to see you or, or Robin or Andy, Fran, anybody um, in the performance medicine ecosystem? Uh, usually just bring any labs that you've had drawn in the last year or so, um, for sure. And then if you want to come by first and get a Cleveland panel, or it's called a Cleveland heart panel, but it covers so much more than that. Uh, you can come in and get that. And um, then when you see me, I'll have the results of that, um, that blood test and we can kind of go over it. Uh, again, the Cleveland heart panel is one of the best things we do. It covers about everything I need to know about your metabolism, your hormones, a lot of vitamin tests in there, a couple of genetic tests, inflammatory markers, particle size from your cholesterol, good and bad. Uh, thyroid, adrenals, all the hormones. Um, it's one of the best things we do there. So if you've had that or want to get it, then pop in preferably fasting. Uh, sometimes I like to get non-fasting labs too. But um, insulin resistance numbers, I mean, just incredible information on that Cleveland heart panel. But certainly if you have you're coming in to see me with hormone about hormones or thyroid or adrenals and um, bring any labs you've done within the last year or so. And uh, I'll look at those and kind of go over your history. Remember labs are labs. You don't treat labs, you treat people. So um, we'll listen to your problems and, and flesh out your concerns about your health. So, but so I hope that helps. But definitely come in with some sort of some sort of lab work just to to have some some baseline if numbers. Have them. If you don't, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Let's go to this next one here. Thank you for that. Um, next one is how does melanotan work? And this is a um, I'm assuming coming from the doctor's note as well as the common sense MDOs on uh, uh, some of the peptides. Uh, what's your thoughts on melanotan? Well, melanotan is one of those peptides that we use to, which is an injectable. Um, we used to promote tanning so that you release your pigment, your skin, so you don't get sunburned and you might want to tan. Um, you know, it, it still requires some exposure to the sun, but it's supposed to prevent burning. And some people like the look of their skin when it's a little tanned, but uh, it, it's a peptide, which just means a string of amino acid that acts like a signaler to another part of your body. And this one um, kind of activates uh, the melanocytes um, that produce melanin in, through your pigment and your skin. So you'll definitely get a tan and people tend to like it. Um, there's melanotan one and two. We use melanotan two now because uh, it causes less nausea, which is about the only side effect I ever see from it. It's not real common with this uh, melanotan two, but uh, yeah, it's a pretty little boutique uh, peptide, what I call it. Um, so uh, it's pretty cool. That's how it works. It activates your uh, melanocytes to produce uh, more coloring in, in your pigment in your skin. What was interesting is uh, Robin mentioned in this week's podcast about, you know, if you do have a history of melanomas, uh, whether it be your own history or family history, uh, you want to stay away from melanotan, this peptide. I found that super fascinating. Um, yeah, if you have a dysplastic neva or um, a lot of moles on your body, um, or certainly if you have any history of melanoma in yourself or 
first degree relative, you don't want to take this. But uh, for anybody else, it's safe. Cool. But, um, cool. Uh, Thank cool you for that. that. Thank you for that question. Anna, what's going on? Thank you. Uh, glad to have you in here. Tracy, happy Tuesday to you. Uh, always a happy Tuesday, guys. This is one of our our favorite uh, segments of the week. Um, if you are with us live, uh, be sure to, to say hello. Um, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put that in the comments. Uh, and like I said, you can, you can also email info at performancemedicine.net. Uh, we have people looking at that during this show. Um, and let's get to, we got, we had a COVID question this week. Let's see. Um, I've had COVID twice now with the most recent infection being three weeks ago. The antibodies total is 50. Could you interpret that as good, bad, or normal? Also, do you think this was a, a, a different variant? Um, I'll first ask, are you still seeing quite a bit of COVID in the office? No, it's really tailing off. I think I just treated one patient last week, knock on wood, none for this week. It's really uh, going way down. Um, and of course, we do it by telemedicine. Um, I estimate we've treated over a thousand cases uh, during this pandemic, um, but surely fallen off for sure. Um, that's very unlucky, very unusual to have this thing twice. It can happen. Um, you know, certain things can activate it. Like I've seen the vaccine activate uh, COVID in people. So the antibody total is 50. Could you interpret that as, okay. Um, first of all, with a variant, yeah, I mean, it could be a variant. It's hard to tell unless you really go through a lot of, we can't do that in the office. You could, that's kind of an experimental thing. You, you'd have to, uh, get an infectious disease doctor in the hospital to try to type it out to see if it's the new Delta variant mutation. But, you know, viruses mutate. Uh, that's what they do. And uh, there's different variations. And hopefully um, the vaccine or your own immunity by having COVID will cover most of these mutations. Um, but the 50, you know, what we check in our lab, we use Quest Labs, and it doesn't give us a, a number like a 50. It gives us an IgM, which means you've had a recent infection within five days to two weeks. And then the, excuse me, the IgG uh, part of the antibody will turn positive after two weeks. That means it's, it's, it's an older infection. I think what you're talking about, that number, the total, is the number between the titer of the, uh, the IgM plus the IgG. Of course, the higher the titer, you know, the I guess the worse you may have it. Or, um, but again, you want to produce these antibodies, so it may be that you know the more protected you are um, from that. But um, I think there's some kind of serology or uh, titer that will actually give you a number. And I, I'm thinking it's again, our lab doesn't do this, but I'm thinking it's somewhere between one and 250. So 50 is, I guess on the low end, if you're looking at that scale, different labs have different scales for all this stuff. So I'm not so worried about that number at all. Um, I'm just, you know, if you've had COVID, you should uh, develop antibodies. Again, normal labs don't measure your T cell antibodies, which is what's gonna protect you for a year down the road from having your COVID infection. Um, probably better than the vaccine, although they won't say that, but that's my own gut feeling. It always has. 
Um, so it's really unusual to get that twice. Uh, um, well, so, it, it could be, you know, if, if there was a large, um, space of time in between, maybe, um, if, yeah. if mm -hmm. they got it, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic and again, towards, you know, closer to yeah. where we are now. Usually um, they say the second round is not going to be as bad as the first one. I've had a couple of people tell me it was worse, but, um, you know, we're still learning a lot about COVID. And, and uh, uh, as a matter of fact, the, the course I'm taking on the long hauler syndrome has been postponed to the middle of July so that we'll know more about it when I take this this course down in South Florida and learn how to treat these uh, long hauler post-COVID syndromes. I've already seen a few of them. And, it, you know, it, it can really drag you out and uh, make you pretty sick and can even affect your mental status for months down the road. So um, I like to have these folks come in for lab tests and see if it's throwing their hormones off, which it can, uh, their cognition, uh, their vitamin levels or inflammatory markers. Um, and again, sometimes I'm using things like ivermectin, uh, you know, long-term to kind of uh, alleviate symptoms. Um, but certainly vitamins are always help. Anything you can do to eat better. I had one lady that as soon as she cut out processed foods and sugar, she got better the next day. That's she a, was definitely a long hauler. That is so wild. And, I hope and, she's listening that she could attest to it. But, you know, it, it just, this whole thing should remind you to stay lean, eat clean, exercise, sweat, um, get your sleep. Anything I would tell you to do, with staying healthy, you should do it. And, you know, keep your own immune system healthy, which includes taking care of your gut. You know, if your gut's off, nothing's gonna be right. So um, those are all things we need to be thinking about um, because as you know, COVID really hit the uh, obese people really hard. Diabetics, um, the elderly, the immunocompromised, I talked about men doing worse than women because their immune systems aren't as strong as women. Um, and certainly your vitamin D, I mean, that's, that's uh, vitamin D. And like I said in the podcast last week, low testosterone, 90% uh, of men that were hospitalized with COVID had low testosterone and really low testosterone. So look at your hormone levels, take your vitamins, eat clean, exercise, sweat, sleep, um, take care of your immune system. And you won't have a lot to worry about, even if you get COVID um, and become symptomatic with it. One thing that, that, I, that I've learned throughout this, and I'm, I'm in it, you know, uh, every single day with performance medicine in terms of just being around, you know, vitamins and, and uh, healthy eating and stuff like that, um, the importance of checking your vitamin D levels um, because, you know, people aren't, they don't absorb vitamin D the same. Everyone's a little bit unique. So you can be taking, you know, 5,000 units daily or 10,000, um, and, and not be absorbing as much of that, as much of that as you think. So, uh, I would encourage people to, to, to check vitamin D levels in addition to, um, exactly. And not just for COVID, but for cancer prevention, I'm getting ready. I'm getting a talk together for the, uh, the United States Senate staffers right now for presentation to the Senate staffers in a couple of weeks. And in my research, I'm we talk a lot about prostate cancer. This is from the Men's Health Network. 
And um, all the evidence shows that northern latitudes, both in Europe and in America, uh, they have a lot more prostate cancer up there. And it's because of, of low vitamin D from less sunshine. Uh, it's wild. So it's not just COVID, it's everything. So Yeah, and uh, I, I've got a really cool thing um, coming up. I for We, we have a, a podcast called Outside the Box, and... Um, it's actually where we host this this show. Um, so on Outside the Box, we're going to have a good friend of mine and uh, a friend of yours, and Dr. Mark Ellis, who's been uh, who's been treating a lot of long hauler syndrome uh, down in Atlanta. And uh, I talked to him last week uh, about this upcoming podcast we're going to do, and and he was telling me it it acts long hauler can act a lot like a coma um, in, in interesting ways. So he's he actually treats it like he would treat somebody who um, who has had a coma before or whatever, or, or a stroke. Um, so it's, it's fascinating. I'm looking forward to that conversation and looking forward to, um, getting that out there for everybody, uh, to, to check into. So, and he's also very excited about this, this long hauler course. Um, yeah. okay. okay. So thank you for that question there. And what we're going to do guys, cause we're, uh, heading on the, the 20 minute mark. If you do have a question, um, go ahead and put that in the comments. Um, Shelly, thank you for being here. Um, great to see you. Uh, we're going to go ahead and get into the comments, guys, and start answering some, some live questions. Uh, so if you have, have one, go ahead and put that in there. We're going to be here for another 15 minutes or so. Um, and, and Lisa, go ahead, and if you have a, a follow-up to this, uh, to your weight loss question, let, let us know, and we'll, we'll try to help you out as much as we can. Um, so I'm assuming what that, that might mean is, you know, any latest, um, advances, things of that nature in weight loss. Um, we've talked a lot about Wegovy and, uh, Ozempic, uh, anything kind of top of mind for you in regards to, to weight loss, Doc? Um, well, you know, of course, come in and get a Cleveland panel. That'll give me a good idea about where your metabolism's at. Um, and your hormones are at your thyroid, your adrenals, a lot of that um, needs to be looked at because everybody's different. I mean, if you're stuck for a particular reason, there's a reason, and we just need to sort through it. But get a Cleveland panel, and um, then you know, consider you know looking at really how much you're eating and uh, your macros, and you know, definitely the two things that I emphasize with most all my patients is eating low carb and higher fat, moderate protein for most people and doing intermittent fasting. Um, I encourage exercise, even though exercise is really not a weight loss tool. That's a myth, but you need to do it anyway to, for your health. But um, look at your sleep patterns, uh, your stress levels. Um, you know, we've got a lot of tools. I mean, people that struggle with weight loss, um, have a metabolic disease and uh we so we use a lot of tools uh for I mean, anything out there we use it to help you overcome that plateau your body's got an incredible way of maintaining homeostasis sameness so if you just cut your calories down your body just slows its own metabolism down so that doesn't work um but you know the the uh I bet I started 10 people on uh, Ozempic or Wegovy today. It's the same medicine. It's just different brands. The Ozempic's branded for diabetics, although we've used it for past couple of years for weight loss and non-diabetics. 
the new FDA approved uh, once a week shot like Ozempic for just weight loss um, is going to, it's called Wegovi. And um, it just allows you to use Ozempic in higher doses and specifically targeted and marketed for weight loss. And the good thing about it, it will be a game changer. I mean, you lose up to 15, maybe 20% of your, of your weight with this. And the, I think it's going to be a game changer because it works, number one, incredibly well. And um, it also is going to be covered by, if you have any kind of commercial insurance, it's going to be, at least for the first six months, it's going to be $25 a month. This, this stuff is really expensive if you had to pay for it. So um, come in and talk to us about um, Ozempic or Wegovi, and then we'll sort through your things. Sometimes it takes something kind of major to get you over a plateau. Um, sometimes, I, you know, I still use a lot of HCG as well. I started a couple of people on that today. It's a intense uh, 26 day, 500 calorie a day diet that almost always works to kind of reset that hypothalamus, the part of your brain that controls your weight um, to a lower level, uh, kind of like a thermostat. So uh, we do that. There's a lot of different things you can do, but um, come in and let us sort it out and, and help you give you the tools to help you move past that stuck phase because I hear that a lot. I even I just talked to our um, our psychologist, uh, Dr. Robin Branca. She was in the office today in Kingsport. She rotates. She's from a PhD psychologist from Knoxville that does a lot of work with the psychology of, of eating. And um, so sometimes there's some psychological aspects to it too. Certainly stress can contribute by release of a lot of cortisol and that tends to tell your body to retain fat or an emergency. So retain fat. So, and, and look at your gut. You know, we always talk about guts and sometimes food sensitivities uh, can affect your weight loss, uh, inflammatory changes. Um, so yeah, just come in and we love to help you with that. Um, it's it's interesting. Kind of it's interesting. One of the things I've heard you say is, is uh, I think it was in the, in the Wegovi article that, that, that you wrote is, um, you know, in medicine, you know, weight loss and weight management is, is one of the more complicated things that, that you've treated. Um, there's so many different variables. Um, you know, you mentioned a whole bunch of them, uh, just now. Yeah. Life is not fair and, um, people are different. Uh, it can always be sorted out. There's a reason mm -hmm. and there's a cure for it for sure. Um, it's definitely not will. It's yeah, not it's, a lack of willpower. Power. We, it's, we, we it's know not, that. It's certainly not. It's not laziness. It's not calories in calories out. Um, it's a lot more complex than that and needs to be treated like a, a metabolic disease that it is with medications and diet um, structure. So. With, with, with the idea of getting off those medications, I'll add, like, and I know some, you know, some, you do treat it as a chronic as a chronic illness. So sometimes, you know, people do yeah. need to stay on. I'll tell you what, you cannot do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, I'm convinced of that. It's, you need help with this. And usually medicines, you cannot do it by yourself. Um, maybe one out of a million can, but you know, it's tough. So, all right, we will move on to this and I'll go ahead and, and, and uh, answer this one for you, Deborah, because we've, we've talked a lot about the Cleveland uh, tonight. Um, I've, I, I do a lot of interacting, uh, with, 
uh, with people online, and I, I get the, the Cleveland Heart question quite a bit um, in terms of what it costs, and, and I'll, I'll explain it uh, hopefully in a way that, that's helpful. Um, so, so Cleveland Heart is, is, is through Quest Labs, and, and they do contract with insurance companies. So Performance Medicine is not contracted with any insurance company. Uh, we actually did a, a video on that uh, this past week uh, called The Cash Only Practice. Um, but the Cleveland Heart uh, is. So what will happen is Quest will bill your insurance, and then Performance Medicine charges a draw fee. Uh, the draw fee, I believe, is is forty, uh, forty dollars. And uh, if if we have any, if Katie's in the in the comments here, she she can give you a better. She's our operations manager. She can give you a better idea of what sort of bills we've been seeing um, in terms of bills from you know, a United or a Blue Cross. And I don't think there's been a bill above two fifty. Um yeah, it's, I, it's rare that they have to pay a lot. I mean, yeah. If somebody if you have no insurance, you don't want to get this test, it'd be too expensive. It costs you if you had to pay cash for it, it'd cost you three thousand bucks probably. But um so but if you have insurance, of course Medicare covers it and uh, most insurance plans will will cover most of the cost of it. So the information that we get in there is just phenomenal. It's well worth it. Uh, so we haven't had a lot of complaints about the cost they're billing. It's not our charge, but uh, we, it's been a great thing for us. We, we really haven't gotten a, a, a many complaints at all. Um, like Dr. Rogers said, for most people, it is it's largely covered. I think the highest bill we have seen is is in that, you know. 225 to 250 range if katie's if katie's in here she can she can clarify that for us uh, but i believe that's i believe that's accurate um okay, okay let's go with with this uh this is a great question another cleveland um so when um when we say cleveland uh, it's very similar to the boston heart panel we used to uh we used to run the boston heart panel um so how often are you suggesting people get the the cleveland heart panel dot this depends definitely yeah if it was 2018, you definitely need another one now. Um, uh, I take, I take, a, I do it twice a year just to kind of see what my labs look like. And um, you know, definitely if you're healthy and have no problems, once a year just to get your baseline. Again, it it does all the hormone stuff. We've kind of tailored it to what we we like. If you're a woman, it's going to check your women's hormones. If you're a man, it's going to check your male hormones. And um, so. Uh, I'd just come in and get it. Usually fasting, come in fasting. You don't even need an appointment. Just come in and say you need a Cleveland and they'll file your insurance. Uh, even Sometimes if I'm in there talking to a patient, I'll go ahead and draw the Cleveland non-fasting. Sometimes that gives me better information than a fasting, especially with the insulin numbers. You know, uh, if you have a fasting insulin that's normal, but then you go eat something and your insulin levels 60, 80, I know you're insulin resistant. I actually get a lot of information from doing it non-fasting. As long as when I interpret the results, I know. And, and again, uh, the lab people will tell you, they'll mark on there whether you're fasting or not. So ideally fast for about, you know, eight to nine hours, black coffee or water is fine. Come get the test. Uh, and then we, we FedEx it up to the Cleveland clinic and, um, we get it back in uh, two to three weeks, and we call you and we sit down and, and talk about it. All right. Thank you for that. We're going to get to – Shelly has a few questions here on COVID. We'll answer some COVID questions. Um, are docs slash hospitals treating COVID from the first day of positive results or still waiting until the storm hits? 
Um, I'm assuming that means the cytokine storm uh, where things get uh, pretty bad. Do you have any insight on that? Um, yeah, most doctors, number one, just not treating it. I mean, um, yeah, it's just sad really that there are available treatments and we've used it plenty and you need to get, you need to get treatment early. Um, so yeah, most hospitals, you go to the urgent care of the hospital, if you're not that sick, they're just going to say, go home and drink some Robitussin, take some ibuprofen. If you get worse, come back to the hospital and we'll put you in the hospital. So by that time, it's kind of late. You do not want to go in the hospital unless you have to with this thing. Certainly don't want to get on a ventilator. Um, unless you, you know, you're at your very end because that may be worse than not getting on a ventilator. But so no, they're still not treating it too much. I mean, you know, uh, unfortunately, but you can treat it. If you get it, call us and we'll certainly treat you with telemedicine. And we've got a lot of experience with it. And we, you know, we talk with you every day, get you through the whole thing. If you need to go to the hospital, we'll know when, You'll follow your O2 monitors, and um, I've even called in oxygen for several people during this. And um, certainly, uh, we don't like to use steroids until about day five if you need them. Uh, we like to like hit on the virus first with ivermectin, sometimes hydroxychloroquine, of course, high dose vitamins, uh, inhaled budesonide if if your uh, lungs are involved, but and then add steroids depending. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, she, she has a, an, another question here about the, the vaccine and, um, I haven't heard this. Have fertility problems been confirmed as potential side effect of a side effect of, of COVID vaccine? Yeah, I've heard that, you know, again, there's probably no double blind studies, but you know, everything at this point is observational, but, um, yeah, I, I've, heard of uh, miscarriages occurring and um, throwing women into an early menopause, um, you know, causing a lot of brain fog. Um, I've seen the vaccine cause COVID flat out. As a matter of fact, I read, I was reading the Wall Street Journal this morning. It was talking about the, um, the uh, golfer from Spain that won the U.S. Open golf. Yeah. Yeah. It was a sad story, but he got disqualified two weeks ago. He was playing in the Memorial Golf Tournament. And I, you probably read about this, Ben. But yeah. anyway, he he was leading by six strokes going into the last day. That's almost a sure win for anybody, especially the number three golfer in the world. And um, he'd had an exposure uh, to, to COVID and uh, he's totally asymptomatic. So he tested – he did test positive. Um he really didn't get sick with it, but um, so he had to forfeit. He had to drop out the last day. They wouldn't let him play, of course, and uh, so he had to quarantine for ten days and forfeit a million and a half dollars. So he comes back this week and wins the U.S. Open. That's the first major he's won. But the interesting thing about this article was that I read the story, and he had had the J and J vaccine. Um, and then develop COVID uh, somewhere within the two-week period. So, um, you know, most people say, well, that's just coincidence. He, he, got, um, he got COVID. The vaccine hadn't had time to give him immunity yet. But um, I, I can tell you firsthand, I've seen the COVID vaccine give people COVID. 
there's no doubt in my mind that it can it can activate COVID, symptomatic COVID in people. Um, so I'm not telling you not to take the vaccine. Certain risk factors should, but um, I just thought that was interesting that he had the COVID vaccine and a few days later, I guess it was a little over a week that boom, he tests positive and he has COVID. The COVID vaccine should not cause you to test positive, but it did. So, you know, there's still a lot of unknowns about it. It's very controversial. Um, so, you know, in my own opinion, you should be able to choose whether you get the vaccine or not. Uh, it shouldn't be something that's mandated. I mean, they're, they're making people feel like uh, a criminal if they don't get the vaccine. When a lot of people have good reason not to take the vaccine, including people that have already had COVID. You know, if you've had COVID and you get the vaccine, you really don't need it, even though they're telling you to go get it. And you know, even kids and all. So, you know, it's just a, it's just a hard situation. We're still sorting it out. Um, and hopefully between the people that have already had COVID, which is millions, and the people that have had the vaccine, which is many, many million, we're, we're getting this herd immunity and this thing will die off. Um, it already is. Um, so hopefully it, it's going to be around for a while. You know, there are variants like any virus mutates, but um, keep your immune system going. Well, yeah, and, and and we are we're getting a few comments about the about the vaccine, and 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 I don't think you're saying not to get it. I think what you're saying is, you know, it's it's up to you. And there's certain people that don't need it, and certain people that do. Would you kind of agree with that in terms of, you know, stance on vaccine? I hate to even you know put you in that spot because it's so controversial. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah, all I'm saying is that I'm not against the vaccine. I think it's helping bring about some uh, herd immunity for sure. Um, but I think it's your right not to get a vaccine. I, I mean, I've seen a lot of side effects from the vaccine. Uh, you know, it definitely has killed over 5,000 people that have been reported, um, probably more, but you're just not going to see. And a lot of adverse effects, I've seen them firsthand. Uh, I've seen it cause pneumonia. Uh, I've seen it cause paralysis. Um, I've certainly seen it exacerbate autoimmune diseases. So it's so controversial. And as a doctor, you know, the people are somewhat relieved when I start talking about it because it is an individual choice. It's not, you know, and I've heard of people losing their jobs because of it. And I guess it may be your company's right to uh, mandate it. it. To me, it shouldn't be that way. But, um, you know, uh, very controversial. Yeah. So that's all I can say about it right now. I'm not against it. And um, certainly because a lot of people uh, can't wait to get the vaccine and, you know, hopefully this thing's going to die out. And, um, you know, there, there are treatments for COVID like we, we do. And hopefully they're developing new treatments for COVID, mm -hmm. kind of like you have Tamiflu or Zofluza to treat uh, influenza. Do you, do you uh, think it'll, it'll head in that direction? Yeah, I do. I really do. I mean, well, you know, we have all these brilliant people working on it the vaccines, the medicines for it. I mean, the whole scientific community has been geared up for this and has really responded great with it. And, um, but, uh, you know, keep yourself healthy. Yeah. Well, we got one more here. We're going to try to get to a few more. Uh, John, uh, John, great to see you, man. Thank you for, for uh, hanging out with us. I'll go ahead and put this up there. 
John says, I've read, I've read that mast cells um, and H2 and H1 antagonists can help mitigate issues for long haulers and mild cases of COVID. Uh, and he meant to say reducing mast cells. Not yeah, uh -huh. yeah. You know, one of the things I do when I treat somebody for COVID for sure is put them on Pepsid AC, you know, and um, so, and it, it, this blocks some of the, uh, uh, the virus down, it seems like. So, and the long haulers, we're kind of end up, I'll know more about it in late July, but, you know, we're still using uh, anti-parasitic drugs like ivermectin to treat long haulers, sometimes even colchicine, uh, which we used to treat gout helps it. Um, there's even Luvox, which we use to treat OCD. So there's a lot of repurposed drugs that are being used to treat uh, both a acute COVID and long hauler syndrome uh, that are cheap and uh, effective. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, observational and anecdotal studies that say it really works. I mean, I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin really helped a lot of people, saved a lot of lives. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind. And again, there, there's a lot of studies now that are confirming that. Um, and why they railed against using those drugs when they're, they're cost pennies, they're very safe. We've used them for decades, you know, for mild things. Uh, I'll never know, but, uh, you know, I think, I think, uh, you had an overzealous CDC and, um, government got into it and it became political and, and it never should have. All we're trying to do is, is uh, you know, save lives with this thing. It should not be a political issue at all. Agreed. This is a, this is a, this is a mankind issue, humanitarian issue. Agreed. You know, um, that's why you practice medicine, which is an art as well as a science. You don't have to have a, you know, placebo-controlled double-blind study to know something works. You know, as a matter of fact, half of what all doctors do in their practice is off-label. So, you know, the problem with our medical system, the way it's going is you have a lot of non-medical people uh, that, that are trying to treat patients and they can't, even Dr. Fauci, I mean, I bet he hadn't seen a patient in 40 years. I mean, you know, it's, it's just sad that they didn't use a lot more common sense on this whole thing. And you, couldn't, you didn't have time to wait for these double blind studies before you help people. You know, if you, as a doctor, you take an oath to, to help people. And that's, in my mind, if you deny care, you're violating that oath that you took when you became a doctor. And you're bowing to those bureaucrats that aren't even physicians, have no experience in treating patients. And, you know, it's, it's, it almost was criminal, in my opinion. I don't want to go off too much on it, but uh, you kind of know how I feel about it. Because I do treat patients every day. I treat a lot of covid I dealt with a lot of it in my own family. Um, you know, I saw a couple people die from it. Uh, and so um, one in our family, as you know, uh, was 81 years old. That's in pre-existing. And uh, so, um, you know, COVID is a bad thing. I mean, I, anybody that thinks it's a hoax is crazy. I mean, it's a real bad thing. Uh, but, you know, they use the fear mongering and, you know, and the stats, who knows what they did with those. But, um, 
use it is treatable it's preventable um and you got to get it early and you need to keep your immune system in shape uh, so you don't have to worry about it mm -hmm. you know half the things i do in my practice are based on getting rid of this obesity epidemic and early on i noticed that gosh this thing is killing morbidly obese people and people with low vitamin d i mean by far that's that's the two main risk factors and then you throw in those studies that came out in the last couple of weeks with low testosterone. And, you know, this is very telling, you know, in our country, which should have been prepared for it uh, because it hit us the last and it hit us the worst. It, it, you know, it killed more people here than anywhere, really, even more than a lot of third world countries. Um, so um, we hope we sit up and take note of this because, our country is obese, out of shape, stressed out, over-medicated, um, poorly fed. Um, so that's my little diatribe on COVID. No, it's, so. it, it's well said, and, and you know, I, I, I of course know how passionate you are about this, and um, and you know, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm hopeful that um, that we're going to make a lot of positive changes, you know, heading into the rest of this year, and and like you said, that this is you know, dying out and we'll have, you know, more and more solutions for people. And, uh, you know, it, it starts, you know, with, um, you know, prevention and taking care of your immune system, which, which hopefully, you know, is really, you know, the purpose of shows like this. And, you know, there's a lot of other people doing really good jobs with that as well. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, I just want to thank everybody who's, who's hanging out with us live tonight. Um, we really appreciate you guys being here and, and asking these great questions. Uh, Joy, I see you. It's so good to see you. Uh, Joy Preston, I love you, and um, thank you for, for hanging out. Um, Terry, what's going on? Robin, Robin Riddle, and uh, nurse practitioner in our Knoxville office is hanging out with us tonight. Um, such a great show uh, that you did on, on peptides this week. Thank you for hanging out. Um, Shelly, uh, thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for all the kind comments, guys. Uh, Jan, uh, Jan and Rob Hickman, what's going on? Um, as far as, and Joy asked about Cigna, um, Cigna with, with the Cleveland heart. Um, I don't think there's an issue with Cigna with the Cleveland heart. Do you know of one doc? If there, if there's. No, I don't know of one. All I know is I just got to know that a cash pay would cost you uh, $4,800 out of pocket. But, uh, uh, with insurance, you might be paying anywhere from a hundred to $250, okay. and, uh, which is a pretty good price. So, and again, the quest lab, uh, personnel that are in our office uh, can answer those questions for you. And um, inclu that's including Sigma, I think. So, okay. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, it's a great panel. And uh, we sure enjoy talking tonight. And um, you guys stay safe out there and take care of your own selves. Guys. Go exercise. It's a beautiful night. Get outside. The best way you can prevent illness is to go outside right now, and which is I'm going to do. I'm going to go ride my bike right now. <laughs> Yesterday was the longest day of the year. So today I didn't know the that. Second longest. So it'll be, it'll be light until about nine o'clock. So um, get out there and enjoy yourself. Guys, we, we love y'all so much. Thank you for hanging out and, and being with us on this Tuesday evening. Um, we will, if we didn't get to, to all the questions, we will add those first up. They'll be first up next week. We are here every single Tuesday at around 7 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, Dr. Rogers, thank you so much for the time tonight. Guys, thank you for hanging out. Uh, as always, we'll see y'all next time. Love you guys. Don't go away.
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.